Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Small Council Radio. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about Greyjoys and kind of taking a deeper dive into the spoilers uh, and then any um, anything that we think might uh, be on the horizon. Uh, tonight with us, we have uh, um, a guest from uh, Tabletop Warden. Uh, we're having a little difficulty getting them on right now, so um, we're uh, going to kind of while we wait to see if we can get that fixed, we're going to kind of do a lot of the stuff that we would do at the end of the show, like the, the shout outs and all that kind of in the beginning, um, just kind of give a little more time for him to be able to get on. Uh, but yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about great joys. And um, I know in uh, like three weeks, three weeks ago now, we kind of went over them, but, not really, we didn't really do it justice because we we're running short on time. So tonight we're going to kind of, you know, uh, talk about the potential and the different units uh, that were spoiled. Uh, tonight we have with us Brett and Jose, and Justin should be on shortly, and then Chris might be on uh, because of the schedule change. It was kind of last minute. Um, so I hope, uh, you know, we're able to reach maybe some more of you out there with the earlier schedule. Um, so uh, to do the kind of shout outs, you know, uh, as things are kind of winding down, it seems like with everything going on out there, definitely keep in mind to, you know, support your shops. Uh, they provide, you know, a place for us to go and, you know, been there for us. So, just, you know, do whatever you can, see if uh, there's anything, any paints that you need, any any new units, um, and just see, you know, whatever you can do to help them because some places are might be struggling more than others, and, you know, every little bit helps. Um, what about you, uh, Brett? Do you have any uh, shout-outs you want to do uh, at the beginning for this one? Yeah, um, I'll always shout-out uh, Shane. Family Time Games. Uh, you've got a link to his web store on the uh, Small Council Radio, so if you have the means with which to do it, it would be great to give him some support. And uh, additionally, just uh, you know, all of the content creators. Um, and then I, I guess we can shout out our own guild, the, uh, the collaboration with uh, us and uh, Carlo with Song of Ice and Fire stats, uh, Ben from Blitz Minis, Nick and his guys with Mythicos, uh, Carl with West Coast Bannerman, and then uh, the Tabletop Warden guys. It's just uh, we're working on some really cool stuff, and uh, I think we're just going to keep uh, keep pushing that and getting better and better with the content and the collaborated, the collaborated projects that we're doing. And, uh, of course, for everybody, if you're playing on Tabletop Simulator, uh, get those, get those uh, stats plugged in. It ultimately, at the end, it's going to help the uh, the community, and it's going to help the developers kind of see some of the trends that happen. And uh, the idea for it should be once once it kind of gets going, and and uh, everybody's putting their stats in, we'll be really able to make some statements with a lot of facts to support them. So the more the more those stats get in, the more games you play, the more you help out with that. Yeah, I definitely agree, and. Um... Definitely go to a Song of Ice and Fire stats and make a profile if you don't have one. Uh, you know, put all your different games in there. 
uh, every little bit helps to kind of figure out, you know, how uh, each faction, each commander uh, is performing. Uh, it gives so much invaluable data that, uh, you know, every little bit helps. So, um, you know, even if you have some friends, you know, if you already have an account, try to get your whole gaming group uh, on there. That way you can kind of start inputting, you know, all your, you know, your entire club's data in there. And it only takes a second, which is the awesome part. You know, you, you play a game and, you know, it takes, I don't know, 30 seconds to submit your results and, you know, go from there. And it'll kind of give invaluable data to just about everyone out there. And if you have a tournament you're running, same thing, you know, try to submit all your data on uh, that site and it'll just help, uh, help us to kind of figure out where things stand between uh, strengths for different factions and commanders. Um, so it looks like uh, I might have our guests with us here. I'm going to try, I'm going to screen them real quick to make sure the audio is working for them. Brett, if you want to take us in with uh, the first um, thing we're going to talk about, which uh, will be the unit, um, the Greyjoy unit that was spoiled. Well, I'll just, while you're um, while you're working with our guests, I'll just go ahead and uh, continue, I guess, talking about some of the stats and, and some of the TTS tournaments because it's actually worth making a note that uh, a lot of people are doing their events on TTS, and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a substitute for your standard local event. There are some events going on right now that are just. Uh, offering just kind of a small entrance fee. I think I paid $10 to play in this uh, Assault on River Run event, which is for a local game store in Australia. So by by all means, register with Carlo and plug your um, local shop little tournament, and you might get some, some guys from around the globe playing, and then when they enter in for that prize pool, that's another way of supporting your local store. So if your store is running it and all the prizes are coming from your store, then you're plugging money from the tournament into it. And uh, I know the guys there in Australia uh, capped it at uh, 32 players, and it's full. So it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, it's another way to support your store if you take that those entrance fees and plug them back into merchandise to give out as prizes. But I think the, the really neat thing about uh, TTS and the, the stats page coming kind of around the same time is uh, these tournaments are getting uh, some of these content creators are streaming these games and, and uh, these tournaments are getting a lot of attention. Guys are watching the game. People are really paying attention to who's playing and what commanders they're running and they're looking at the list. So it's actually something really unique and really cool that's kind of come about, I guess, if there was anything good that came from the pandemic if I feel like a lot of the metas have a uh, kind of meshed and they're um, coming together, not just to create this content, but we're actually getting some games in with guys that we wouldn't be able to get in games with before. Uh, have any of the rest of you guys been playing on TTS? Uh, I unfortunately uh, have not. Uh, things. Things are wrapping up with paramedic class, and uh, if everything goes well, this is my last month before uh, we graduate. Um, but uh, I have a bunch of lists saved, a bunch of like 
things I want to try out, but I've, and I've played around with like how to maneuver within the game, but I haven't actually had a game yet. I've done a few, uh, like casual games, um, just against some buddies. Um, I think I've done maybe like four or five, but nothing, um, like I haven't done any tournaments or anything yet though. Um, but we do have our guests with us, uh, uh, our guest is from Tabletop Warden. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I hope you can hear me clearly. Uh, sorry for the connection, and I'm basically the entire reason you had to redo your schedule, so sorry for that. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I know some people have already uh, commented on our site saying that they appreciate the couple hours sooner because it helps uh, them to listen, too, so it all worked out. Cool, cool. So yeah, um, so my name is Ilya. Yeah, my I'll go ahead. I was just going to introduce yourself in case some people, you know, (laughs) haven't heard of Tabletop Warden. Yeah. uh, So my name is Ilya. I'm basically, um, you know, a partner of Yannick. Uh, Probably a lot of people have heard about Yannick because he's very, um, very good player in the competitive scene. And uh, I don't even know, maybe you have watched those Austin Power movies where Dr. Evil has his, his right hand, uh, Mr. Two. That's basically actually me. Like, uh, I'm the guy in the background who's uh, giving Yannick advice and monitoring everything. And I'm the voice of our podcast who's moderating everything. So, yeah, um, thanks again for having me. Yeah, of course. So, um for those that haven't uh, gone to the guild, uh, Ice and Fire Guild site yet, definitely check it out. Uh, Tabletop Warden is uh, one of the contributors, so you can definitely find all of their content there, especially the guild exclusive drops uh, from all the different contenters or um, content creators. So definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, let's uh, kind of get into this uh, these goodies. Britt, uh, why don't you take us away with uh, uh, Greyjoy Unit? Um, sure. So they. Uh, so let's start with the uh, Ironborn Reavers. Uh, they've got movement six, uh, defense five plus, morale seven plus. They are carrying hand axes, and they hit on a four plus. Uh, they've got eight attacks at full rank, six attacks down one rank, three attacks at the last rank. Uh, they gain thundering. And then the additional ability is the first time we've seen this mechanic or anything really like it uh, is rolls plus one attack die and gains plus one to hit per pillage token on this unit. So, after completing a melee attack for each enemy rank this unit destroyed, it gains one pillage token. Each unit may have up to two pillage tokens at any time. So it's a really interesting mechanic where the unit actually gets stronger uh, the more damage they cause in close combat. So I'm really curious to see what some of the rest of the tactics deck is and some of the other commander abilities and uh, specifically how many points these guys cost. Um, I really like it. It's it's something really unique and it's going to add just another angle to this already complex game because these guys are not amazing on the defensive side. A five plus save and a seven plus morale 
Um, that's exactly like uh, Bolton Cutthroats, which I'm sure everybody by this point has used them or played against them. They have the tendency to explode pretty quickly. But on the other side of that, they are movement six, which one more movement is huge in this game. So they're they're moving at the speed of berserkers. And, yeah, I mean, even, even hitting on a four-plus with Thundering can start to get uh, – it can cause a lot of damage. That's the – the same base attacks as halberdiers have, uh, you know, with the eight attacks sitting on a four plus, their profile diminishes a little bit more. But even before they get pillage tokens, they're they're really nothing to sneeze at. So I can see these guys. You'll want to get them blown off of the board before they get to you and do damage. So I'll be really interested to see what kind of mechanics they have to help them get into combat. Yeah, I think uh, the cutthroat comparison is a good one. I Because of cutthroats, uh, I'd be willing to bet these guys are a five-point unit because um, you, know, you trade the, the one extra movement for the hitting one worse, uh, and then their abilities kind of swap. So, yeah, I could definitely see these guys as an easy five-point uh, for you know the base uh, infantry in the army. Uh, what do you think? Um, Jose, I know uh, you're kind of, you know, looking at these this faction in general in the future as a possibility. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited about them. Um, so we'll, I, I definitely want to before I you know start playing them fully, I definitely want to see what else they got going for them. But um, with this unit, I, mean, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I think that uh, what I am curious to see is that if they have ways to get tokens. Um, outside of like what's on their card, so like if there's like a like tactics card or like attachments that help give them more tokens, um, I'm sh- I feel like there would be, but you know obviously we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean I think like Brett said, I think these guys are you know nothing to really like uh, blow off. I think they're going to be a good unit. Um, I I agree with you, Dave. I think they will be five points baseline unit for the army. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think overall they're solid, and I'm excited to see what else uh, comes out with them to help uh, complement their strategies. What? Uh, sorry, I'm gonna just refer to you uh, as your uh, Discord name because <laughs> I don't want to mention your name. Uh, uh, but what do you think uh, about these guys? Um, I personally think that they are a great unit overall. Like, they have, like, abysmal defensive stats, but that's totally okay. If the basic deck of the Greyjoys allows them to perform some serious alpha strikes, like, I could see something like a swift advance or, like, a sudden charge, something like that in their basic deck. And if those Ironborn Reavers manage to get into the combat really fast, and to dish out a ton, tons of damage to get those pillage tokens on them, they could be like an incredibly powerful unit. And I'm also on the same side as you guys. I, I hope they're at five points because otherwise, mm, maybe they would be kind of undervalued. Yeah, and I think uh, Jose makes a good point that you know if there's something out there that can give these guys tokens. Uh, you know, imagine being able to 
get away unscathed for a while and being at your full ranks eight dice hitting on twos with sundering uh, these guys could be pretty nasty at a five points with no other uh, attachment and who knows they they could have an attack like a generic attachment that simply says you know this unit's uh always counts as having one token or something you know no other ability it's just you always count as one token so they'll for one point be hitting on threes but then only need to kill one rank to hit that two plus but i mean granted that's speculation but you never know with the with a tonic uh, a token mechanic like this you know the sky's the limit with the amount of you know things that they could do with generating them or having them or you know distributing you know if you have like an ncu that starts with so many of these tokens and every time they claim a spot they could you know give one away or something so I think these guys definitely have a lot of potential and look like a really solid five-point unit. I want to interject really quickly. You said at full ranks they would have eight attacks sitting on twos. They would have ten attacks. They gain plus one attack ten? dice per pillage token oh, as well. Oh, they get plus one. Gotcha. They missed that part. Yeah, they'd be, so, yeah. They'd be ten, eight, five, which is really, really nasty. So I would honestly be a little bit oh, surprised yeah. if they made getting those tokens so easy. Like, if you could just claim a zone and get them to nine attacks hitting on threes, I would very seriously doubt. Now, I think Ilya said that he thought maybe the deck would have sudden charge. I could see something like that. I can see some kind of mechanic that's going to help them get into combat. And the free folk have already borrowed swift advance. And uh, the Dothraki have borrowed devastating impact. So it would be very interesting to see somebody gain sudden charge. Yeah, I, I was gonna say really uh, quick, but I mean, even even though that um, it does, like I do, I don't think that if there was a way that they could get more tokens, I don't think it'd be uh, easy, right? So let's say it's like a part of a tactic deck. I'm thinking that like there'd be a condition, right, like a trigger, and then that trigger may be a little more difficult to pull off. But if there'd be a trigger, and then you get tokens or or something like that, or if it's an NCU, like Dave said, I could see it being like you know, maybe like a five-pointer and they have like three order tokens or something, you know, something like that. But I I think it, it, depending on how many more units carry this mechanic, I could see them being a way to get it, but not just like giving out so easily, if that makes sense. No, how about this? I mean, this would kind of be a toss-up. I'm hoping that if your unit is dying, they have uh, some tokens. But what if their when their unit is destroyed card for their generic uh, tactics deck is some other effect? So let's just say it's something. But then like that secondary effect, a lot of other you know uh, every other faction has. Uh, the secondary is that all of those uh, pillage tokens may be placed onto another unit to the max amount that unit's allowed to have. So uh, almost as if they're giving up the what they've pillaged to someone else. So you could have like an Ironborn Reavers with two pillage tokens die and throw those two pillage tokens onto another unit, obviously not exceeding the max because uh, from Ironborn, they're only allowed to have up to two at any time. Um, but I think that would be a cool way to, you know, man, you know, I have this unit that's gained all these tokens and now they died. Now you have a way to, you know, make it, you know, to where it's not all for nothing. 
Yeah, on the idea of tokens, I personally have one as well. I thought about uh, what if the tactic deck allowed them to spend uh, pillage tokens for additional effects. Like you could have a card that has, I don't know, if one of your unit, units is attacking, spend a pillage token to gain vicious on that attack. That would allow them to finish off units and to regain that token if they manage to destroy a rank. So basically you are trying to managing your resources, your buffs, because if you fail to destroy that unit, you basically lost a huge buff on your unit. Yeah, I think that could work really well. Um, I think the effect would have to be really good for, for the reason you just mentioned, because you'd be losing that buff, but also because uh, I've noticed that in uh, the really good example would be uh, the Umber Champion's original effect. Things that don't have their ability from the get-go uh, kind of hurt. So if you have a tactics card that uh, requires a, or even like a, an attachment or anything that requires you to expend a pillage token, but you're probably not getting a pillage token until maybe mid turn two. You could it could be earlier turn two. You never know. It, it all varies, but. Um, like drawing it first turn could be a, like a dead tactics card, uh, or maybe it's just a secondary effect. But um, I think because of that, and combined with what you're saying, that you know, if you have one on these guys where you get plus one to hit and plus one die, and you're losing that, um, the effect would have to be pretty great, in my opinion. I could actually see it being something of a defensive mechanism as well, like. After this unit is attacked, expend one pillage token to uh, block D3 hits, uh, expend a pillage token to automatically pass a morale test. Um, they could go a number of ways with that if, if that was something where they were going. I actually really like that that thought, Ilya, even if it's not something that happens here. I like that general general thought process, kind of like the, the faith token, you know, expending it for, for a benefit. I think that would be really neat. So, um, next up, though, uh, let's we can go over to um, their generic attachment that they have uh, as an option to kind of figure out what combinations that we might be looking at. They have a Reaver Captain. Uh, as far as I know, it's unknown points, but I'm assuming one point. You may hold this unit, and it has outflank, which is you may hold this unit off the table instead of deploying it at the start of any round as its activation. Deploy this unit fully within short range of any flank of the uh, table edge. So I think this kind of lends to what you were saying, that they, there's a good chance that they're going to have some charge. Because coming on as your activation, uh, you're not going to... You only have six rounds, and that's if you go all six rounds. Uh, you're obviously not going to want to outflank first turn most of the time because your opponent, you know, is still in their deployment zone. And a lot of times, even if you, like, deploy behind them, you know, they can turn around and eat you up. So you're going to want to wait for a minimum of turn two, if not turn three. But by doing that, by turn three coming in activated, now you only have turn four, turn five, and turn six to do something. Uh, but I think with sudden charge, this could be amazing because I can't tell you how many times in uh, um, Clash of Kings 
as a Stark player coming in on the flank activated, but then, you know, sudden charge into someone's rear is just, you know, can be game changing. So I think uh, this is a key uh, thing that might point towards the fact that they have sudden charge in their generic, in their main deck. Well, Euron Greyjoy has cunning ploy, so you could uh, use that similar to what I've done with Tyrion. And like you said, in that scenario, what I would do with Tyrion was bring a unit like Pyromancer in on the flank and then use cunning ploy to immediately charge a unit in the flank of the rear. So there is an option, but I wouldn't be too surprised to see some other ways of getting the most out of that attachment besides just that character. Um, yeah, I definitely. Pers- personally have, um, I personally have a hot take on the Reva Captain. I think there is a specific reason why they aren't showing us the backside. I personally think, and I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I think he will cost zero points or he will ignore attachment restrictions. Like, I feel there, we will be on a big surprise with this guy. There, there has to be a reason why they're not showing his back. Um, because the Reva Captain and the entire you know, theme about outflanking your opponent and um, ambushing them, this entire Greyjoy play style. It's like a key theme about them. So I think the Reva Captain should be a, an attachment that is like, I don't know, um, a central attachment of the entire army, like the, the central play style that they're all focused around. So based on that, I think that the Reva Captain maybe actually be zero points, but you can only field like one or two of them, something like that. That would be pretty cool, and that would uh, kind of, in my opinion, I don't know, I guess it comes down to whenever I know someone has an outflank or something like uh, mounted blackfish, if you're ready for it and you're really preparing for it, it's hard to pull off an outflank in this game. Uh, it's hard to just pop up on the board and you know think you're going to obliterate some unit from the back, because there's always that you know, you got to take the maneuver before they do. You got to hope they don't have swift advance. You got to hope for a lot of things. They can't be cavalry. So, uh, so outflank. I don't know. I feel like it's such a great ability, but I could definitely uh, see it either being one of those two things, like you were mentioning, because zero points uh, kind of lends to letting them do this tactic without having to, you know. Um, invest a good chunk of your points in order to make a bunch of your units have this ability, especially if you have, especially if it's both of what you're suggesting, zero points and no, uh, or ignoring the normal restrictions. Uh, but I will say if it, if it came down to one or the other, I think ignoring the restriction would probably be the more likely of the two, but definitely, uh, some good, uh, you know, catches, I think, uh, that we might see on the back of this card. There, there is one Please, thing I do want to mention. Um, oh, okay, cool, perfect. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I was going to say was that uh, that with this, so the reason this one to me is interesting. So typically, I think I'm, I feel like I'm kind of like you, Dave, where I'm not a big fan of the outflank stuff because I feel like it's like you said, it's really hard to pull off successfully. And being someone who, if like if used against me, I don't really feel super threatened by it. But I think one of the biggest differences is that this is going to be 
so as far as I can remember, at least, this is the first time that this ability is given to an atta a generic attachment that can be put into multiple units. Because up until now, I think it's like named heroes and stuff that have this. And so it's like less effective because you only have one, you know, one unit going around. But if you can do multiple units, uh, it may change. It may change things. I'm not too sure, but I think that's going to be the most interesting thing about this attachment. I would also like to add that I think that the great choice. Um, I think Michael mentioned that on the expo stream that they're very focused on their own units. Like um, neutrals are not as good as them, uh, like in other factions. I think the Reva Captain might only work on Greyjoy units as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that might even be what might be on the back of uh, this attachment is not being able to be attached to a neutral. Uh, and I think that if they did do that, that would be a good uh, call because um, giving outflank to, you know, whatever neutral uh, infantry might come down the road. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it could get pretty nasty pretty quick depending on what to come out with, especially, you know, you know, you never know. Depends on what also is inside the uh, um, generic deck. Um, then again, I also think that uh, the, them benefiting from being mostly, uh, you know, Greyjoy and less beneficial to neutral, I think also might come down to the heavy reliance on the, um, the pillage token system. Because it's probably just like the Night's Watch, you know, they benefit a little from neutrals, but definitely not as much, I think, as other factions because of their vow mechanic, which can't really affect uh, the neutral units. So I think uh, they'll be kind of similar in that regard as well. Yeah, the first thing I have personally thought about is what if I could add to Reva Captain to a unit of bastard girls? Like that would be ridiculous if I would be the first player in a round. Yeah, that would definitely be pretty devastating. That's a good point. Yeah, and who knows? You might even see uh, like the equivalent of the Reva Captain in mounted version eventually when. Or I guess I don't know. Do Greyjoys? They don't really have any cavalry. I guess uh, you know. I'm saying that. Um, so I wonder what they might end up doing with that, unless maybe they just pillage the uh, the horses before they go back to sea or something. <laughs> uh, was it uh, Justin, our you know expert on the the books and all that? You know, is a wall. He'd be able to tell us in a in a heartbeat, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think yeah. Th now that I think about it, I don't think that they're going to have cavalry, so they might benefit with uh, you know flayed men or you know maybe Zorse riders. I think either of those might benefit Greyjoys quite a bit, even though they're neutrals. But if Greyjoys end up not having any cavalry, that could be pretty big. Then again, they might have so much speed uh, with their tactics cards or attachments and the outflank abilities that they might not need cavalry. So we never know. 
So uh, next up on our list, let's see if I can, uh, computer's being a little slow here. Uh, so tied with that card on the same image uh, is one of their generic uh, tac uh, tactics cards, which is what is dead may never die. When a friendly combat unit would be destroyed, this unit remains in play with E3 wounds, uh, remaining wounds. Attach this card to that unit. While attached, each time that unit performs an action, before resolving that action, it suffers D3 wounds unless you control the swords. So I think, uh, I mean, this is pretty big. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's better than... Uh, than Jon Snow's card, uh, It Shall Not End, just because uh, the D3 for this one is kind of, you know, it's it's a D3, it's random. You could end up with the one, which is the same as uh, It Shall Not End. Uh, then again, you could end up with three, and then, you know, it's all, you know, I guess it's all chance, because you could then attack three times and only roll a, a one, on each of the D3s every time you attack if you don't have the swords, if you know, obviously if they can't. I think it's a really good uh, uh, card, you know, that has kind of a different timing. The would-be-destroyed uh, kind of messes with a lot of things and helps you in a lot of areas. What do you think, uh, Brett? Uh, you come from a, a pretty heavy Night's Watch background. Yeah, Jon Snow's my guy, now and forever. <laughs> but uh, now, interestingly, this card is interesting, actually, uh, since I, I guess that's the closest comparison you have to the two. In some ways, it is better, and in some ways, it's worse. So I guess that makes it pretty well balanced if you're comparing those cards. It's better because they're not required to pass a morale test like you are with Jon Snow's card. So depending on what dies or what the circumstances are, sometimes Jon's card never goes off to begin with, because uh, they have to pass the morale test initially if they've got Cersei on them or or any other number of things that could uh, affect their morale at that point, they, they may just die. This one, they don't have to take that test. On the flip side, they stay in play with D3 remaining wounds, and then each action that they perform, they're going to suffer D3 wounds. So like you said, if they roll a 1, like, yay, I'm alive, but they got killed before they activated so when they activate, if they move, retreat, turn on the spot, if they do anything, they're just going to die again So, uh, if you don't control the sword. So um, the sword is an interesting zone because it's a – after round one, it becomes one of the more coveted zones. So it's not necessarily super easy to always control that zone. So um, it's interesting. I really like it. It's a pretty cool mechanic. It's really powerful, but it does have some very blatant downside. Um, and I think the, the best counterplay to this is try to kill units that haven't activated yet. And if you control the swords, they might just blow themselves up anyway when they activate and make their actions. So. Yeah, and what, so what you uh, I did want to – what was that? I was just going to ask Elia what he thought. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I, I personally love this card. I think there is a specific reason why What is Dead may never die is on the same page as the Reva Captain because I started to make like little combos in my head 
And I was thinking like, what if what is that may never died is used as a setup card, basically. So your enemy is like attacking a unit of rave, uh, reavers, and he's like, okay, this is going to be easy. I'm going to destroy them and then move on. But then what is that may never die drops. You end the round. Next round, you can come in with the reaver captain from behind and then finish this unit off into the back. And basically, if you take into this combo um, cards like Cunning Ploy from Euron Greyjoy, you could basically use the activation of that almost dead unit to, you know, just charge into the back. Then this unit that you just charged with can attack again and just deal like tons and tons of damage. It's, it's, I think this card is amazing. It has a lot of combo potential with the Reaver Captain and the outflank mechanic. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it definitely... Uh, I wish uh, every faction kind of had one of the when it would be destroyed effects um, just because they're so nice to have. And this is, I believe, the only the second one now that we have other than John's card. But one question uh, I that popped up is, it says, while attached, each time this unit performs an action before, oh, it says before resolving the action. Never mind, that answered my own question. I was going to say, because if, if you suffer the wounds and then die, would you get the action? But that was my train of thought, but never mind. Scratch that. Uh, what do you think, uh, Jose? Did we, did we ask you yet? <laughs> uh, no, but... Mine's all um, kind of jumbled. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, pretty much everything you guys said. Um, the only thing, though, is... Uh, I mean, granted, I don't... I know I used to play Night's Watch. I don't play them anymore, but... Uh, if I were to compare this to... Uh, if I were to compare this to, um, oh my God, Jon Snow's um, thing, I think, I don't know if one is necessarily better than the other. I think it just depends on what you're going for. I think Jon Snow's is more geared towards staying around. Because like, like, if you come back with one guy with Jon Snow's, they can heal him, and then you're pretty much like, you know, not back to square one, but, you know, you're, you're set back a lot. Whereas this ability to me seems um, something more like a like a last like a last minute ditch uh, effort sort of like like I know you guys mentioned earlier someone mentioned the the like strategy of coming in with the reverse from behind or something like something like that is where you're gonna see this card shine. I don't think it's gonna be meant to do like in the same sense of what Jon Snow does, um, just because they're gonna be taking wounds. So I, I don't think that they're meant to like come back and stick around. I think it's like they're meant to come back, do whatever it is they got to do real quick. And then they're going to leave. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a, it's a great card for them to reveal if, you know, out of any of the cards that they're going to show. Um, Cause well, I mean, we've already discussed it, but you know, it's, only the second one of its kind and to show that this faction has one of them is, and not only, you know, it's a first of its uh, kind as far as a, you know, a generic name goes or a generic card uh, has that um, trigger. Whereas John's is obviously it's uh, one of its name cards, but um, yeah. So I think we can move on. Let's see what we got next. Um, we can go with the NCU. Aaron Greyjoy? Is that how you say his name? 
damn fair. Rise again, harder and stronger. Isn't it just you? Um, this is your on, right? I mean, that's all. That's it's your on, right? A E R O N. Oh, am I looking at the wrong one? Hold on, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was looking at your. I was literally looking at your on. I was like, never mind. Uh, never mind. Though. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, duh, man. It says your on. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what are you like, drinking? <laughs> 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 Yeah, Brett uh, gave me some of his alcohol, and you know, it's, it's taking effect already. <laughs> hey, I'm not thinking that. <laughs> I know, you gave me the alcohol. Um, he's an influence influence effect, so just like all the other influences, when you claim someone on the tactics board, uh, you influence, uh, attach this card to a combat unit until the end of the round, so... This does not have to be a friendly unit, uh, just any unit. While influencing a unit, each time that unit performs an action, it may restore one up to one wound. Each time it destroys an enemy with melee attack, it may restore D3 wounds. So it'd be kind of funny if you put this on uh, your opponent's uh, unit. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I uh, I believe that it's an option. <laughs> So, sorry, I, I think it, he only works on Greyjoy units, as far as I understand his card. So I don't, I don't know if that would actually work. Okay, so it, it would work if you're Greyjoy facing Greyjoy. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but no, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this is pretty awesome, especially if you haven't. Uh, activated yet or activated this NCU um, and then play that tactics card to come back with D3, let's say best case scenario and, you know, you get three back um, and then you play this guy on them and they perform that action and take D3 and you roll a one, you then get that one immediately back from him being on them. And let's say they get a free attack and you roll another one and then they get that other wound. Like you can negate one wound every time this unit is doing their ability to uh, do more actions. And then if you can, you know, kill a unit, let's say it was down to the wire and both of you were almost dead. You play this card, you don't die, you get three wounds back, you influence, and then you kill their unit, you know, you could pop back up to like, I don't know, six, seven wounds or something. Uh, best case scenario sort of a thing. And take the, you know, you could even take the, the wealth with him and heal three more onto the unit. And I mean, it could be a game changer right there just between that one card and this NCU. I think specifically it's actually a really cool interaction. Um, if you've got those two cards in your hand and you're playing the right opponent, you can actually kind of set up a little bait and trap where you put a unit in a comp compromising position, and if your opponent's got priority the next round, they might go ahead and you know take that charge to finish that unit off. But if you've got this card and they made an, a field activation as their first thing that they did, you play the card, they stay alive with D3 wounds. Now you activate him, you claim the swords, you place his influence first. Well, now you control the swords so they don't have to take D3 wounds, and then they're able to heal and then they don't have to suffer those wounds. So that could be a pretty cool setup. Um, 
a lot of times it's it's a good play to to set up a bait like that to, so that your opponent activates on the field before going to the tactics board. It'll get you the zone that you want. But in this case, it could be pretty swingy. It's kind of neat, actually. Yeah, and I wanted to point out real quick, uh, you know, if it wasn't already obvious to everyone else, but, you know, we we're talking about how he only influences Greyjoy units. I think that just further shows how this faction, uh, you know, will encourage you to run, you know, mostly if not all Greyjoy units. If you have, like, that Flademan unit in this in the list, in this faction, this NCU is not going – you could – uh, you wouldn't even be able to attach him, or let alone get his effect uh, to heal them. So this NCU right here is just showing us that you know the factions encourage you to run nothing but Greyjoy units. Um, I might also add that think? I think um, I personally think that he might be the reason why the Greyjoys will have some additional um, actions in their basic tactics deck. Because if you think about it, he will just restore a wound here or there. And like Brad said, he's a great opportunity to heal up uh, one of your almost dead units. But I also think that if we get something like something similar like uh, Sun Charge or Swift Advance or additional attacks in our basic deck, this one wound that she's healing all the time might uh, stack up like to an extreme. I always uh, think about those Rose Knights and their uh, deadly bloom and their healing one wound and dealing one wound. Like at first glance, you might think it, that's not a lot. But if you're actually playing Renly side and you consider all those healing mechanics and Marjorie and, and so on, those one wounds, they can stack up very, very fast. And I might, I might think that Euron is a it's like a hindsight to Greyjoy's getting a lot of um, additional actions in their basic deck. Yeah, and uh, you know his base uh, effect of each time you perform an action. I mean, you don't even have to attack. You could just do a simple maneuver, get a guy back, um, march, get a guy back. Uh, granted, to get the D3 wounds back, you have to do a melee attack. Uh, but if you activate, perform the action of an attack, get a wound back, and who knows, that could be the difference between giving you another rank, um, and then uh, they destroy the unit with that attack. Now you get D3 more. I mean, let's say you roll a 3, best-case scenario. Now you've gotten four wounds back at the start from since the start of that activation. So he could definitely... Uh, have a lot of potential to heal a ton throughout the game. Um, and I think I kind of skipped over it before, but he is four points. So he's your, you know, average point cost NCU. And I think he's uh, very uh, fairly priced. What do you think, Jose? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Uh, I don't think I have anything different worth of note. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think he's solid for his point cost. Um, and I think he'll be someone that can, you can do a lot of cool tricks with, like you guys mentioned, um, with, with the, the Greyjoy's uh, units and tactics uh, from what we've seen so far. And I know he's probably a starter box, uh, 
uh, NCU, but I really think he's going to probably, you know, stand the test of time with the faction. I think, uh, you know, even once they get like the Hero Box 1, Hero Box 2, uh, whenever that day comes, I think he still will be a contender within all of the different NCUs that this faction ha- will end up having to offer because, you know, his he doesn't seem weak at all. I think he's a very solid uh, to above, you know, average NCU for his point cost. Um, so I'm definitely excited to try him, you know, once I can get my hands on uh, on this faction. But uh, next up we have, let's see, who do we go with next? Uh, let's go on to uh, Euron. So, if I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we only have Euron's uh, commander side that says his, uh, or is there an ability side somewhere working that I missed? I think it's only the front so far. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure before I you know, sk- accidentally skipped over it. So Euron, it only shows us the backside, which shows that he's a commander. Uh, and I'm guessing this is all starter box stuff, so I'm guessing it's Euron as a commander, uh, which has cunning ploy, devious methods, and mind games. I believe cunning ploy is the only one that we know of, because um, uh, it's the same uh, tactics card as Tyrion. Then again, you never know. Um, sometimes they might have the same name, but just a different uh, tactics board trigger. So, like, um, Targaryens have what is it, devastating impact, but they need the uh, a combat zone instead of the uh, maneuver for um, Cal Drago. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you know, if he has cunning ploy, there's, you know, there's always that chance that, um, you know, the the spot could be swapped from, you know, needing the uh, letter. Um, you know, you never know. It could be the maneuver. It could be, you know, could be the wealth. I don't know if I would say it's going to be the crown. I, I can't see this faction wanting the crown for anything. Uh, then again, I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all they give us with that. Um what are your speculations uh, on this guy, Brett? Well, the secondary effect from Cunning Floyd is actually incredibly powerful, so um, I wouldn't be overly surprised if it was the if it was controlling the tactic zone, similar as Tyrion. Um, Tyrion's kind of unique in that uh, with him, you essentially need three zones: the tactics, the crown, and the money bag. But that said. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a Cunning Ploy is an amazing card. Uh, it's essentially having Winter is Coming built in along with the additional action, but unlike Winter is Coming, you can block tactics cards without charging. So it's a really amazing card. It's one of my favorite cards in the entire game. Um, mind games, I guess the only thing that comes to mind is Sadistic Games from Ramsey. So I'm guessing that it's going to be some type of of similar effect where your opponent has to choose one of two things. Neither one of them are really very good. So uh, I think it go any number of directions with that. So uh, I think it would be 
really cool too to see maybe an effect like you play mind games and uh, your opponent has to choose to give one unit a free maneuver or retreat or give one unit a free attack or charge action or something to that effect where either of those effects could be pretty devastating and they have to choose between two bad choices. Um, given what Sadistic Games is, that would be my best speculation as far as that goes. Um, and then let me look real quick what the other one is. Uh, Devious Method. Um, I don't know. It's, he kind of reminds me, just again speculating just by the names of the cards, it seems kind of like a, a Ramsey and a Tyrion kind of kind of combination. So uh, we're not entirely sure what devious methods could be, but uh, I don't even really have a great guess for that. But it, it, it might be something like Cruel Methods uh, with Ramsey, where you know it's got a really significant good side, but it's got a really bad downside. So. I can see it being something similar to Ramsey where they get to do something really cool, but there's the potential for them, you know, blowing themselves up in the process. So. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think he'll probably be close to, you know, what Ramsey Snow is as far as the way he plays. Um, but, yeah, if I were to take a guess, I would say that's probably what he's going to play like, or at least similar, is, you know, is Ramsey. Um, what about, uh, what do you guys think, um, Jose? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, everything you guys said. I do, he does seem like he's going to be the, like, more strategic, uh, tricky kind of guy, um, which I'm kind of excited for. I love players like that. And uh, I know we haven't, I don't know, we haven't really got to her yet, but um, this Coral girl, this, like, companion he has, um, I'm pretty pumped about that. I don't know why, but I'm kind of a sucker for, like, with, like, freebie freebie or, like, low-cost companions that they're doing now. When you get, when you take someone, you can take whoever. Um, I think maybe just because I'm a big, like. uh, Companion to Asha. Oh, is it the Asha? I thought I was. I know they. I know it. I know it put on next to Euron, but yeah, it's it's Asha's Oh man! Companion. All right. Well, never mind. But I do like those. Just that note. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Overall, I guess um, being the, the tricky kind of guy, be fun to be fun to use. So. But yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what else he's got and see what his. Uh, you know, his just the names of devious methods and mind games just sound like it's going to be, you know, like a Greyjoy version of Ramsey Snow. So I'm kind of excited. Um, let's see here. What do you think? Uh, I apologize if I butcher your name. Uh, Elio? <laughs> <laughs> um. I uh I, I I love Euron like I'm a big Greyjoy Greyjoy fanboy and he next he next to Victarion are my most beloved characters from the entire franchise and for those of you who haven't read the books like he at this point he's basically a comic uh, super villain like he has magical artifacts he has like magical powers uh, this red blood eye that he can shoot stuff from and he's ridiculous like he he wants to conquer the world and become a god and stuff like that and i was so excited seeing him 
spoiled already at this point. And I really hope that Simon catches his entire, um, you know, his entire theme of being this sadistic mastermind. Like he's basically in combination of Tyrion and uh, Ramsay. Uh, he has all the cunning skills of Tyrion, but at the same time, he's like very sadistic, just like Ramsay is. And um, the, mo as the card I'm most looking forward to is actually Mind Games because I think alone this name alone has so much potential. Yeah, you you could do like so many unique stuff with a name like that. Like I was uh, um, fantasizing about an ability where when you play this card, you're allowed to draw two cards from your um, basic tactic stack and then play them face down on the field. And they're like um, like traps and you can just trigger them some, at some point in the game or something like that. Like there, there's so many opportunities to make him great and unique and standing out among all the other commanders. Yeah, and I mean that's a good point. Like Ramsey Snow, and you know, just in, as an example, stands out so much from any of the other commanders. So I'm sure uh, Euron's probably going to do the same. I think even after like they get a couple hero boxes, I think Euron is going to be you know kind of a, in a league of his own as far as you know the way he plays. Um, yeah, I think we uh, let's see, we got one. Oh, we'll we'll wrap uh, uh, the companion uh, Quarrel in with uh, Asha. So we'll start with Quarrel just because it only gives us the back part. So it's a, a one point companion uh, to Asha Greyjoy. This attachment ignores the usual attachment restrictions when added to a unit containing Asha Greyjoy. Uh, let's see. So. It sounds like you can take Quarrel um, in any uh, list. It doesn't have to be with Asha. Um, it just only ignores the usual attachment restrictions if it's in the same unit as Asha, if I'm not mistaken. I know it says companion Asha Greyjoy, but uh, the other the other stuff says you know may not be included in any other uh, any other. Um, unit then you know yada yada so I, maybe I'm just their intention was uh, only with Asha but from what I'm gathering here you could have Quarrel in the in uh, their own unit so that would be interesting right. to see what what his effect is his hers um, I'm gonna guess it's a it's a guy but, but yeah it. It would be interesting interesting to see if maybe his ability um, combos with uh, Asha's, and so you're almost always going to want to take uh, Quarrel in the same unit as Asha. But Asha's ability is, let's see if I can find her, Asha Greyjoy um, is the Kraken's daughter. Let's see, Commander, Ironborn Pride, Raider, Bravery, and Warcry. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, all three of those are unique and are not in any other faction. Uh, so those will be interesting to see what they do. And then the abilities are Order, Stubborn, Tenacity. When this unit passes a panic test, one enemy engaged with this unit suffers D3 wounds. And then uh, a constant effect, which is Inspiring Presence. This unit's morale stat becomes a 5-up. Rally point, 
friendly units within range may use this unit's morale stat for all morale tests. This is an ability I absolutely love. Uh, it's the reason why, for me, Vance Raider is uh, probably tied for my favorite uh, free folk commander. Um, so uh, it's kind of a toss-up between Mance Raider and uh, the Lord of Bones, uh, but Mance Raider mostly because of that morale presence. Granted, it's really helping Free Folk probably more than this is going to help Greyjoys, but if uh, if the Ironborn have you know any indication of what the faction will be like with that 7-up, and this five up is going to be invaluable. Uh, I I can't wait to see what the you know what the portal ends up being, and then the the fact that it's com- comboed with another morale based effect of doing auto wounds when you pass, knowing that the unit is going to be a five up, is you know pretty big. Uh, no matter who you put her in, especially if, you know, as I was mentioning before, Quarrel, if his effect is another, you know, thing that deals with passing a panic test or maybe re-rolling a panic test or only suffering X number of wounds for a failed, I don't know, just kind of throwing ideas out there. Maybe uh, um, like the guard captain ability uh, is it at any cost. But, yeah. So it'll definitely uh, be interesting to kind of see uh, what combos uh, with this. What do you guys think? I think Inspiring Presence is a really strong ability, um, particularly with a morale set to five. Uh, five is a pretty elite morale. Um, that's something like uh, Veterans of the Watch, uh, the Dothraki Veterans, it's not quite berserkers, but I mean five is really good. Um, in this game, one point of morale can make a pretty substantial difference. Um, I think with their their basic troop being a morale of seven, it's probably safe to say that they might not be the, the bravest people. Um, they might be something similar to Lannisters, where uh, seven is the the pretty standard morale value. Now they did go back and rework Halberd, but when they were initially released the only true Lannister unit that had a morale better than seven was the the knights. And then, you know, the guardsmen, the mountainsmen, and the halberds were all a seven, and then crossbows were an eight. So you might see something like that with the Greyjoys, where seven is pretty normal morale for them. So in that case, having your morale boosted to a five can be pretty significant. Um, Looking at those cards, um, I wouldn't be overly surprised to see... uh, War cry, um, either adding distance for a charge or adding attack dice when they charge, um, making them attack with additional rank. Maybe it's the same effect as Boulders and Courage. They attack with one additional rank or plus two attack dice if they're at full rank. Uh, it just screams out to me that that's going to be something where they're either attacking or charging or otherwise just moving across the battlefield. Um, Raider bravery um, seems like that's going to be some kind of way to further boost their morale or perhaps give them a heal if they pass a morale test. Um, And then Ironborn Pride kind of screams Lannister supremacy to me. Um, I don't know if it's going to force a panic test or or cause damage similar to 
stubborn tenacity, but that's what it's that's what it's screaming at me is uh, an effect kind of similar to Lannister supremacy. They don't seem to focus so much on uh, panic. So perhaps uh, Ironborn Pride is when a unit passes a morale test from a melee attack, they can make a free attack back or something to that effect. That's what it's uh, jumping out to me as. Uh, what do you think, Ilya, if you're breaking these cards down just by the name and pure speculation, what would you say? Oh, I personally think you have some really good ideas. I have very similar, similar ones. Um, I think... And uh, Michael mentioned that also in his stream that she's all about giving boons to her units. So it kind of fits the entire team of uh, a theme of her being like this inspiring presence. And when um, one of her units is destroying some other unit or destroying one of the ranks, they're not only gaining gaining those pillage tokens, but also some minor buffs. Like I could see um, Ironborn Pride, for example, or even Raider's, uh, Raider Bravery being some sort of m constant moral buff to them, like um, something sim similar to um, Baratheon, uh, Baratheon Conviction. Like if they fail a morale check, they will lose that boon. But as long as it's on them, um, they gain some, I don't know, plus two to morale safe, safe rolls or they just block wounds or something like that. I could totally see her being more de defensive, like an like a mix between a defensive and an offensive commander for the great choice, like trying to fill this gap of, um, you know, providing some buffs to their extremely low morale and being the answer to factions like uh, the Boltons or the Lannisters. Um, Warcry might be, I don't know, might be just a constant buff uh, to a unit for a round or something like that, or an Ironborn Pride. Sounds also like a buff to me. Um, it's kind of hard to tell what they're going to be ending up. But, um, yeah, Michael kind of said that she's all about those boons. And um, I think that sounds kind of cool. I, I, I really want to play something like that because I'm also playing Night's Watch a lot. I'm familiar with those boons and those vow mechanics. So should be my stick. I wonder if, um, if she's going to be similar to a mixture between Mance with, you know, her inspiring presence and a mixture of the Lord of Bones because, you know, how the Lord of Bones has three different, uh, or Rattleshirt, because uh, um, that's what he's, you know, his real name's listed as, um, you know, he has three different tactics cards that uh, attach to units after they kill a rank and give them a buff. I wonder if, you know, Pride, Bravery, and Cry, you know, her three different, you know, tactics cards give buffs in that way you know maybe a bravery attaches to a unit and gives them a, a morale a permanent morale boost you know war cry uh increasing you know speed and uh um giving like sundering permanently um i don't know maybe not sundering because their base unit has sundering but you know what i'm saying and then Pride, uh, I don't know, something similar, you know, just these tactics cards that attach and stay attached for the rest of the game, kind of like, uh, um, and maybe it's like you were mentioning uh, before that uh, expending a pillage token to get these permanent effects. So, uh, you know, attach to a unit with, uh, or expend a pillage token and attach this uh you know, war cry to them when they activate. And then now instead of their buff that they have, uh, you know, let's say the Ironborn, instead of their plus one attack and plus one uh, to hit, they have some 
other buff, like really good buff for the rest of the game, which then doesn't take up one of their pillage token slots, and then they can regain that pillage token to then get that plus one, plus one again. Yeah, I totally like that idea. I'm I'm with you on this one. I, I hope she ends up like something like that because I would love playing uh, such a play style. Just, that sounds amazing. So for me personally, uh, I know you guys were mentioning like her cards being the type of thing where they attach to units and stuff. Um, I mean, obviously anything could be, it could be, you know, we don't know what it's going to be, but right. But I mean, I personally, I think that I don't see her cards being that way. Um, especially if they're going to be boosting morale. Cause like, I don't think I've seen anything from any faction where they'll get a, like a more permanent boost to something that's supposed to be their flaw or their weakness or whatever. Um, temporary boost, yes, but not permanent. So I could see it being like she gets she gives boosts for morale through her cards or whatever, but not not anything where it's like it'll stay with the unit. I mean, granted, I, who knows who's right, who's wrong with this? It's all speculation, but that's just my thoughts. Because like I said, I don't, I can't think of anyone that like ha- is like really bad in the area, and then they get a permanent boost to it. So, what uh, so are you saying like for the rest of the game you don't see that? Like, would you say like maybe rest of the round, kind of like some of the Targaryen uh, taxi cards do? Uh, yeah, maybe rest of the, yeah, rest of the round I think. But like I know there's some like I know for example like in the Baratheon deck, there's some that are there's a few that are just like rest of the game. You know, and I don't think I don't see her having any of those. Um, I, I rattle shirts end of round or end of or rest of the game. Rest of the game. Ball yeah. So uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So the, I don't see anything like that. I could see it maybe being like end of the round. I could definitely see that, but not end of the game at least. That's just again, that's just my opinion, and that's going off of the fact that if her cards were to like boost them well, so yeah. Um, what do you think, I, I would, I would. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. If you have a thought, um, I, I might think that uh, her cards should probably work like Baratheon Conviction. Like they are a pe- permanent boost to this unit they are attached to, but they also have all the time some sort of caveat to them. Like for example, Baratheon Conviction is lost when this unit fails a morale check. In this case, uh, I, I don't know, Greyjoys are not the bravest people. So I could see, like, I don't know, maybe Ironbought Pride is a card that gives them a plus one attack dice on all their attacks. But if they attack a unit and fail to destroy an enemy rank, they lose that card. Something like that. Like, they have a boost to them, but if you don't manage to, to you know, meet those re- requirements to keep that card, you will lose it. That's, that's a really good point, but... Um... The thing, so like for example, as a Baratheon conviction, it's providing something that's more permanent, but it's not their direct weakness. Does that does that make sense? Like it boosts their, it, it, like it gives them more chance to defend and increases on their like already pretty strong, um, you know, uh, buffs or, or stats, I guess. But like I haven't seen anything where like, um, you know. For example, with Free Folk, let's, I'm using them as an example. This is, this card doesn't exist, but let's just pretend there was a card that you would attach it and, and boot, make the morale five for the rest of the game. Like, nothing like that 
exists, I think, in the rest of the, the game. So, like, nothing takes a weakness and makes, and permanently buffs it for the rest of the game. Um, I guess uh, it would come down to, because I guess we kind of gotten on a tangent where we assumed that morale would be their weakness. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's definitely possible that it's not one of their weaknesses. So what you're trying to say is that, um, that it's really only about um, giving a permanent boost to a weakness, not necessarily a boost to morale. Uh, it's only a boost to morale if that happens to turn out to be their weakness is what you're saying. Correct. Which, based off of the one unit we've seen, it, it seems to be their weakness seems to be the defense and and morale. Yeah, more of a offensive Healy faction, from what we can tell from what's been provided. But um, from there, though, uh, gonna wrap up by just kind of going over some of the quotes that was uh, in the Greyjoy summary spoilers. Some we already kind of talked about, like. Um, Asha uh, giving boon effects um, and penalties to the opponent, um, which now that I say that, Warcry could actually be a, um, a penalty card rather than a boost uh, or boon. But uh, it says the hero box, uh, Euron, unlike Victorian, Euron plays into more manipulative games before crushing you, and Quarrel has two versions. So that kind of lends to the fact that he's probably going to be a lot, uh, Euron's going to be a lot like Ramsey Snow and Quarrel having two versions. Um, who knows? Uh, I don't know him from the books, so I don't know if he has like two loyalties and has like maybe he does have the Euron companion version. Uh, so if you guys listening know more about the books, uh, definitely uh leave us like a comment on our page letting us know more about uh, who Quarrel is. Um, it says in the starter box, Asha Greyjoy is in there. Um, tactics card and morale-based effects, boons and penalties to opponent. And uh, Aaron Greyjoy is in the starter box. So those are um, the NCU and obviously the one commander. Oh, and it says hero box one. So Euron is in the hero box, um, unlike Victorian. So that I'm assuming that means Victorian might be a commander, the other commander in the here uh, in the starter box. Um, play style, they will keep healing and buff as long as they are winning and offensive focus. So kind of like we we're mentioning, they're going to be a more offensive Healy faction, uh, less defense and, you know, less, uh, you know, like other abilities. They have the pillage, which is going to benefit Greyjoy units, making neutral units less beneficial. And weakness uh, for the faction is going to be a savvy opponent will counterplay on units that they see are getting ready to be buffed by cards. That's meaning, you know, that meaning if, you know, they're potentially about to, you know, maybe even get some pillage tokens or uh, whatnot. Or even if you're going to try to use that Reaver Captain for the outflank, you're going to be suspecting those sort of tricks. And some of the quotes, uh, Fabio said, good thing Greyjoy has boat and don't normally fight in open battlefield. I'm thinking that's referring to, I think, some of the um, speculations, or maybe they're uh, confirmed that... uh, 
um, they're going to have their own tactic spot that is going to be uh, almost like a, a ship um, tactic spot that's going to give them some sort of cool effect. Uh, Michael said the combat zone is one of the paramount zones for the Greyjoys, uh, which is nice but bad in the same sense because everyone always wants the combat. It's usually when, I don't know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's nice when you want a spot that you already know that you're going to take, but then again, it's nice to want a spot that your opponent's going to have to choose. Are they going to block that or just go for the spots they want? Um, Fabio says, uh, you are usually playing premium, uh, paying premium to get this ability in other factions. Here you get this ability for any of your unit uh, elites or even archers teased. There is a backside of this card, which will be kept secret for now, uh, the Reaver Captain. So um, this kind of lends to the fact that there's something going on with the Reaver Captain on the backside, whether or not it be the fact that he's free. Uh, someone, I think someone's breathing into the mic. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think this lends to the fact that uh, there's... Uh, that there either may be zero points, like you were mentioning, or uh, that, you know, they don't have a restriction on uh, number of attachments. But I'm, something's definitely going on. I mean, they're basically hinting at it right here, but we'll see. I uh, can't wait to see what that is. Uh, Michael says, tactics deck is built around keeping your unit in the fight, being adaptive on who gets buff uh, and or who doesn't. Um Again, that just kind of lends to the fact that they're going to be able to heal a ton, probably, between their NCUs, their attachments, their commanders, or, you know, just everything. They're probably going to be a nuisance. Uh, this kind of is, you know, the more I talk about it, the more it's kind of right up my alley, because um, my favorite faction to play is Starks with, um, with Blackfish to make, like, my Umber units more survivable, because they're super offensive, but sort of fragile, um, but when you combine a bunch of uh, defensive effects and healing effects, I mean, they can stay in the fight for quite a bit while punching you pretty good. And then the last uh, quote is uh, from Michael, anything you say, uh, it stay forever in the internet, quote, Ironborn Archer is 110% in the Starbox. Now, uh, I mean that could be uh that could be that they really are or that could be just a you know you know a really good troll. <laughs> it's a typical Michael there. So what do you guys yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Anything like of that before we wrap up? Anything that sticks out in particular? I definitely don't think they'll be archers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally think that those archers might end up being some uh, trappers. I think there was uh, some sort of list going around on the internet um, a few months back or weeks back where um, we have seen a teaser to an Ironborn unit that has been uh, named Trappers. And in the expo stream in the last image where the dragon was, there was a little miniature standing right next to that dragon. 
And if you look closely on his banner, you can see the Greyjoy logo actually on this banner. So basically, this is some teaser on a Ironborn unit we haven't seen so far. And I make the assumption here that this might be the Trapper unit because this guy is equipped with a net. And I might think that those guys are actually the, uh, quote, uh, archers. Nice. Yeah, I mean, whether I think it's uh, maybe it's like half true because he was saying 110% that they're in the starter box. Maybe they're not in the starter box. Maybe they're just uh, a unit box that's going to be released alongside the starter box. Um, so I think other than Baratheon and Targaryen, every other uh, uh, faction had a unit box uh, released with them with... Uh, was it Night's Watch had the Ranger Hunters and whatnot? So maybe maybe they're just they're gonna release that drop, and so essentially it's gonna be just like you know them releasing at the same time as the uh, the starter. But who knows? Um, I definitely can't wait to see what else they release for this faction. Um, I wasn't too excited for them at first because I didn't you know. I didn't read the book, so everything I know about them is from the show, and they never really interest me in the show. But, you know, the more I kind of, like, talk about, you know, their effects and what they're going to be good at, the more I think, you know, this faction might actually play into my play style a lot more. It's like I was mentioning, you know, this is it's kind of how I play my Starks, is super offensive with, you know, to, you know, with as much healing and defensive effects to keep my guys in the fight. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. So uh, I think that kind of wraps it up. Uh, just because I can, I'm going to do some, you know, shout-outs again, uh, but kind of a wrapped-up version, quicker version. Um, again, support your local game shops. Uh, you know, you never know. You know, every little bit helps. Um you know, see if you can, if even if they're not open yet, see if maybe you can buy a gift card or something like that. Or because uh, you never know, they might have bought a bunch of stock and haven't been able to get rid of it you know, this whole time. So, um, the, do you guys have any shout-outs you want to do? Uh, I do not right now. Content uh, creator. Content creators like like our guest Elia and uh, oh. Yannick, who he works with, they they do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They do it 100 for you guys. Uh, they don't get paid. Uh, generally, if there's any kind of a Patreon page or any kind of way where you donate any money to them, that's just plugged right back into the projects that they're working on. Um, not only do they do it without being paid, a lot of times this stuff costs money. So. Uh, the best thing that you can do for the guys that are creating this content for you is just, uh, you know, thank them for it. Uh, pop in on their stream, leave a comment, let them know what you think. Uh, you know, just show your appreciation by doing whatever you can to, to give them some, uh, some attention for, for what they're doing. Uh, so show them some type of gratitude. Uh, as a content creator for a couple of different uh, places, I can certainly uh, testify to the fact that it, it does feel great to be appreciated, but I don't do it to be appreciated. I do it to help keep the community engaged, keep the community interested, and give some of my personal thoughts with 
some of the successes that I've had, and I, I want to share that with everybody. So uh, that's why I do it. But don't thank me. Go check out some Tabletop Warden stuff. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, Yannick and Elia are excellent players. Uh, they work with Michael Rumsbums as well, and he is also a fantastic player, and these guys are cutting edge and watching some of their battle reports, you will learn a lot. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. I, I'm blushing right now. Uh, I think I'm going <laughs> to make a big shout out to an entire community because um, I'm kind of very surprised that our community managed to even grow in this difficult time because COVID-19 right, uh, right now is a problem for a lot of people and our community is as active as ever. Like we have so many new people on our own personal Discord server uh, from the Tabletop Wardens, but at the same time, um, on the Discord server, the international one, a bunch of new people arrive every day and we are like, this is awesome. This game has such a bright future and uh, we can't wait for all those new releases, for all those new units and making content about them. I'm personally going to make my uh, private goal to do everything Greyjoy related that's ever out there. It's going to exist and I'm going to speculate a bunch about stuff and uh, yeah, I can I can wait to do more content. And uh, thanks again for everyone tuning in, listening to our podcast, watching our battle report. Um, check out the other guys, visit the guild site. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely check out all the different, uh, you know, content creators out there. Uh, as far as, you know, all of them do this, you know, for the community, they do it for you guys. So, uh, you know, give them a like, you know, follow their page, uh, you know, Follow us uh, if you know if you think we do a good enough job. We'd appreciate your follow on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, share out um, our shows. We do it every single week. Um, as far as I can remember, I don't think we've missed uh, a week yet uh, in like seven months. So, and you know, we just we want to stay cons- consistent for you guys and just keep providing um, you know good uh content we definitely we have a discord so if you want to join there it's we don't really talk about much on there just because there's already so many ice and fire discords we mostly use it for uh show suggestions so definitely go on there if you have a suggestion or um if it's easier uh, i mean any suggestion anywhere even if you just want to drop us a uh you know a personal message or you know drop it on our facebook page you know that works too um Go check out uh, the Isa, uh, Song of Ice and Fire Guild.com. You're going to be able to find so much content there. I mean, you know, you have uh, a bunch of different content creators all in one place. Uh, you know, you have Mythico Studios, Tabletop Warden. You have us, the Small Council Radio. You have Blitz Minis. You got West Coast Bannerman, uh, a Song of Ice and Fire Stats. Uh, if you haven't made a song uh, a stats uh, profile yet. To submit your results for all your games, definitely do that. Uh, you don't realize how much uh, doing that will help contribute to uh, finding like data and figuring out, you know, what's what. You never know. I mean, uh, I'd like to think Simon is probably keeping track of the stats and, you know, at least you know considering it. Uh, so you never know how much that might uh, help or influence, uh, you know, the changes uh, for certain units or whatnot, or even upcoming units, what they see in the meta. So definitely consider that uh, 
you know, and, you know, just do whatever you can. And then I know, uh, I think maybe last show, maybe the show before we talked about, you know, a Patreon, but I think, uh, for now, what we're going to actually start to try to do is, uh, we have a bunch of unit boxes and if you want to try to support us in any way, we're going to try to raffle off a lot of more, uh, desirable unit boxes and all the proceeds just going to go to getting more unit boxes and to, uh, you know, just paying for the show, um, just so we can keep doing it because it can get kind of pricey. Uh, so we'll be rolling out some, uh, raffles in a bit. Uh, and you know, maybe, no, I'd like to say at least two a month, if not maybe three a month, three unit boxes and you raffle them off, you know, more, it's like $1 a ticket sort of a thing. Uh, and then, you know, we just raffle it off. The more tickets you buy, the more you help support us, and the higher chance you have of winning a unit box. You never know. You just throw you just throw five bucks at it, but if everyone throws five bucks at it and we can, you know, get a bunch of money and just buy some more unit boxes and just keep going, uh, and then, you know, you can help support us that way rather than, you know, just giving us money on a Patreon. Uh, you not only can help support us through the raffle, uh, but help, uh, help us keep going. Um, but yeah, we definitely appreciate all of you guys, uh, and we providing you with uh, the best content out there. Uh, this is the small council, and it is dismissed.